My name is Julie Arafay. I'm the Director of Simulation for Clinical Concepts in Obstetrics. The topic of this podcast is Team Skills Simulation Training with a focus on communication. Communication is the passage of information to the team or from one member of the team to another. It is a critical team skill. It's one of the most talked about team skills and it is listed as a key team skill for effective teams. But how do you use simulation to train teams to use effective communication? What I want to do in this podcast is to talk about some of the communication strategies, talk about writing measurable learning objectives to insert those skills into a simulation, and then review some debriefing questions that you can use when debriefing your simulation. So first, some communication strategies. Um, One communication strategy that's talked about often is closed loop communication, and that's using the name or job title uh, to address a person, and the receiver of the command repeats back. This is an important way to clarify and and confirm that critical information has been received. And then, uh, particularly um, if you're thinking about a medication order, the person's name is said and the medication order given. The medication order is then repeated back and that person who is administering the medication would then again say the name of the leader, I am ready to administer this medication. Or I have just administered this medication, whatever is the most appropriate for the situation. Another communication strategy is giving report. How do you give a complete report that allows the team to know all of the important information about the patient to give the best care possible? One strategy that's often talked about is SBAR. And this stands for situation, background, assessment, and recommendation or requested order. So in an example of SBAR would be, my patient has a respiratory rate of eight. She is not ventilating well. She is on two grams of magnesium sulfate an hour. She is preeclamptic. I have assessed breath sounds. She is definitely hypoventilating. I have turned the magnesium sulfate off and have started her on oxygen. I am requesting that you come to the room and evaluate her. Another strategy is a recap. And a recap, when I talk about a recap, this is a technique that's used to quiet a room, quickly and concisely review key points about the patient and what's being done and what needs to be done next. It's also a time where you can get input from the team. So let's say um, a patient delivers and she begins to have excess bleeding. The room may get a little loud, the room may get a little chaotic. So any team member can say, hey, quiet down everybody. We delivered, uh, let's say five minutes ago, Estimate our uh, measured blood loss is now 750 milliliters. We have given these two medications. 
we will give this medication next. If this is not successful, we will move with uterine tamponade placement. Does anyone have any questions? So that's just a quick way to kind of pull the team together so that the team has a shared mental model, clarify roles, and kind of let everyone know the plan of care, and then see if there's any information out there that someone has that would change that plan of care. Thinking out loud is a skill that's most often associated with the leader. And when the leader is thinking out loud, what they're doing is verbalizing what's occurring with the patient, what's occurring as far as patient status, what's occurring with patient care, maybe things that are being done for the patient, and then what they're thinking will happen next and asking for input from the team. So as opposed to a recap, which is a short, concise communication that's given to the team, thinking out loud is something that the leader is doing almost as a running commentary. So not continuous, but verbalizing what's happening. So the goal of this type of communication is to maintain situation awareness among the team and to maintain a shared mental model. It's also an invitation for the team to contribute and to ask questions if there's any concern. Another strategy for communication is directed communication. So directed communication may be between a smaller team that exists within the larger team, or it may be directed communication from one team member to another. Let me give you some examples. When you're performing chest compressions on a patient, and let's say um, they need to be coordinated, loudly counting out the chest compressions requires other team members to speak loudly in order to overcome the loud counting of the chest compressions. So as that occurs, it can escalate the noise level within the room. So consider having a quieter announcement of the compressions and the ventilations. And for OB people, we do this often with the neonate. One and two and three, breathe. One and two and three, breathe. One and two and three, breathe. This coordination between ventilation and compression can be communicated quietly between the ventilator and the compressor. That allows other team members to be able to communicate without having to overcome loud counting of chest compressions. Direct communication from one team member to another might be medication. And you may, if you're wanting to talk about directed communication and what communication is so crucial that it has to be clearly communicated, you may want to pull that out and really highlight that. So it may be how many units of blood have been administered. It may be what antihypertensives have been administered. Um, it may be the amount of bleeding that has been measured. Regardless of the communication, when it is a directed communication, it's going to be done in a fashion using closed loop, specifically from one team member to another. Now, 
I think in thinking about the difference between directed communication and closed loop communication, certainly you're using the technique of, of closed loop communication, but um, often it's difficult for every single communication to be closed loop. So if you have a team that's not used to using closed loop communication or for whatever reason is not using closed loop communication, by emphasizing certain communications that always must be closed loop, and perfect example is medications, can help to build that skill in the team. So let's move from the strategies for communication to how to practice communication and simulation. What I would recommend is looking at the scenario and the content of the scenario and look at it in terms of what is key that needs to be communicated about this particular patient. Who has that information? And who needs that information? Does one team member need it? Does the leader need it? Or does the entire team need it? Is there an important point in time to communicate this information? So let me give you an example on that one. If you're talking about postpartum hemorrhage, when you have a quantified blood loss, let's say that might be you decide it's 500 or you decide it's 1,000 milliliters, that may be an emphasis. Okay, when the quantified blood amount hits 1,000 milliliters, that must be communicated to the entire team or that must be communicated using closed loop to the leader. You can practice these communication strategies before the scenario, when to use them, and who should use them. By practicing before the scenario, you can have a bit of muscle memory about, okay, I remember my role is going to be measuring blood loss, and when I hit this amount, I am going to do closed loop communication with the leader. Writing measurable learning objectives for scenarios um, is very important in my mind because I need to be able to determine whether that learning objective was met or not. And the reason why this is important to me is because if I think it's important enough, and it's not just me writing learning objectives, um, it's best to be writing these learning objectives as an interdisciplinary group and if the group puts great weight on this as a learning objective, then I certainly want to have a clear idea. Did, was this accomplished in the scenario or was it not accomplished? And I want to formulate debriefing questions based on that learning objective. So what I want to be able to discern in group discussion is, did this happen? Did it not happen? If it happened and it was done successfully, what circumstances were in place that encouraged that? If it wasn't done, what prevented it from being done? Or what barriers did the team experience that prevented this important activity from being done? What needs to be done differently? And how can that be translated for both situations, whether it was done successfully or not successfully? How can it be translated consistently into patient care. 
So let me give you a few examples. These are some examples of measurable learning objectives. Closed loop communication used for all medication orders and administration of medication. Another one, SBAR used to communicate with the physician on the phone and on the physician's arrival in the patient room. Recap used to quiet the room and communicate the plan of care. Another one, the leader verbalizes patient status, next steps, and seeks input from the team. And finally, communication between compressor and ventilator was directed to each other quietly. So you may pick out um, small teams within the larger team. Uh, another example of a small team within a larger team are people preparing blood for administration. Um, Another example of a smaller team within a large team is placing a uterine tamponade device. So the debriefing questions that kind of correlate. So let's go back. Closed loop communication was used for all medication orders and administration. A debriefing question may be, how was information communicated about met the medications needed? and administered. What impact did this have on patient care? If changes need to be made, what does the team think would improve upon this practice? And how can this consistently be implemented on the unit? So let's go back to the learning objective of SBAR is used to communicate with the physician on the phone and on arrival in the patient room. Debriefing question may be, what was communicated to the provider about the patient upon arrival to the room? What impact did this have on patient care? And how can this consistently be implemented on the unit? Now, if there was an issue, you can ask, what information was provided, and what information did the provider actually need? What circumstances resulted in the difference between information that should have been communicated and wasn't? So often, um, when there's not clear communication, it may be that the person communicating was distracted or possibly the person that was receiving the communication was distracted. It may be that there wasn't a good strategy to include the information. So there are several different types of mnemonics like SBAR. So you may want to evaluate those and see which one works the best with your team. So moving to the next learning objective, recap is used to quiet the room and communicate the plan of care. So debriefing questions that you may want to use around this learning objective are what circumstances prompted the recap? What impact did that have on patient care? And how can this be consistently implemented on the unit? Looking at the learning objective of the leader verbalizes patient status, next steps, and seeks input from the team. 
what did the leader verbalize to the team? And what impact did that, again, what impact did that have on patient care? And how can this be consistently implemented on the unit? And the final learning objective, communication between compressor and ventilator was directed to each other quietly. What was, the com what was communicated, so this would be the debriefing question, what was communicated between the compressor and the ventilator? What impact did that have on patient care? And how can this consistently be implemented on the unit? So by having measurable learning objectives, where you can clearly discern whether something was done or not done, and having a debriefing question that follows up on that particular learning objective, particularly with the impact that it had on patient care and how it can be consistently implemented on the unit, begins to help the team to understand not only how to communicate better, but why it's important. Communication is definitely a critical team skill. I hope this podcast has been helpful in planning for and training teams to utilize good communication skills. Thanks for listening.